This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? Metcalf, doing good. Um, I'm I'm very excited for this episode. We're about to talk about some guys. You know, I feel like I've been scouting some people that don't even have license <laughs> yet, which is always exciting. Um, but I'm pumped for this one. We did a couple redrafts, a couple draft history episodes, and now we're we're looking into the future. How about yourself, Metcalf? How are we doing this week? How's it going so far? I'm excited for this one. It, it, it's something a little different that neither you, neither of us have really done in the past when it comes to um, our scouting process. So I, I'm kind of intrigued to see where you landed on some of these guys. And like you mentioned, uh, the last couple episodes, we looked at past drafts and what we learned from them. Um, so if you missed those, make sure to go check those out. Uh, those are fun. But for this one, we're looking way into the future and way more into the future than I've ever really looked in my scouting process. Um, you know, more than the surface level YouTube highlight dives. Um, so we are going to be breaking down the FIBA U17 World Cup games. Um, these these games did end like three weeks ago about. So um, the USA did take home gold. They uh, extended their unbeaten run to 44 and 0 and they have never lost in that tournament uh not bad but there was a lot of really interesting talent um kind of throughout on a bunch of teams and we're going to give all of our break breakdowns of them uh who we liked what we didn't like you know what to take take away from it what's legitimate what's not yada 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 so on and so forth but before we dive into specific players rucker um what how did you approach this scouting process yeah, I mean th- this this episode's going to be for the sickos. You know, this isn't for the the casuals out there. Um for those of you that want to turn into sickos, welcome. We're very <laughs> proud to have you here. But, you know, scouting this far in advance, you you can I always think it's really important and I'm I'm actually excited to talk a little philosophy before we dive into what we thought with you especially, but I personally think the further you go when it goes down to like going down the totem pole with age, you have to have a little bit more of like, you know, a little more patience, a little bit more like of a, of like letting the, the rope loose because it's so easy to just be nitpicking and being like, Oh, that was a terrible decision. And then you have to remind yourself that guy's 15 years old. Yeah. Like he's not even eligible for the draft for almost, you know, four or five years. So you have to remind yourself to be patient. And when I'm watching these guys, like this is the first year I would say that I'm, I'm really taking it serious when it comes to like 
preparing a podcast with you. But I've, I've always watched like FIBA games. You're trying mm-hmm. to get an idea of the next incoming generation of talent and the draft class. I like to focus on the, the splashes, whatever pops, like make note of it. Like what skill set does it look like there is their bread and butter. And then you want to make note of that and come back to it to be like, okay, what's developed? You know, if he's a, if he looks like he's got good size and he can shoot the crap out of the ball right now, let's see if the rest of the tools fall into place when he's getting ready to, you know, potentially go to college and, and everything. But it's, it's, it's a really fun exercise if you're a scout. You, you, you learn about, about like focusing on areas, what to watch, because it's also sloppy basketball, you know, surprise under 17 tournament. They're not playing the Spurs, you know, most beautiful game. It's, it's a lot of turnovers. It's sloppy, but what about you, Metcalf? How did you go into this whole process? Where were you at? Did you pull out hair like I did sometimes with watching some of the sequences? Or were you patient? Um, I, I was a real mixed bag because I, I wanted to go into it with obviously recognizing that these are literal children, that yes. these are kids that we are watching. Um, not in a weird way, phrasing, sorry. Um, yeah, but work on that. Is- we'll, we'll scrap that, you know. <laughs> We'll probably put yeah, that on there. I'll, I'll, I'll clean that up and edit, right? Um, be a shame if someone posted that. <laughs> be a shame. <laughs> um, no, so was, I, I wanted to go into it with lower expectations and just be like, "What? I, okay, just take it for what it is. But then it's like, well, I, I'm kind of doing them and myself a disservice if I don't have any expectations at all. And the more I watched, the more I actually kind of got impressed with the style of play. And it was really impressive to see the different styles of basketball, how different teams leaned on different strengths. Um, Like I, I loved some of the offensive sets that Spain was running and their ball movement and decisiveness with the ball. No one on that team hesitated once the ball swung to them. It was, you know, either we're making the extra pass, we're faking and going, we're shooting, we're doing something. Uh, The U S was more, just really high pressure, use your size, use your athleticism and be disruptive on defense and then get out and run and use it that way. Uh, France, a little bit more of the same, but it was just the disparity in play styles I thought was really interesting. And then just, it's so impressive how smart some of these kids are when it comes to basketball. Um, there is some really erratic decision-making with that's like, Oh my God, like, what are you doing, dude? Um, I found myself even being like, God, this guy's interesting, but he's really raw. And then I had to take a step back. Like, Oh no shit. Dumbass. He's 15. Yeah. He's going to be a little raw. Um, the shot's not going to be perfect. Shocker. These things develop over time. Um, so it, it was a lot of just kind of checking myself going through it. Um, but I thought it was just really interesting and a, a different process than what I've ever really done in terms of scouting. Yeah. I, I also think you, you get better as a scout because you have to watch the game differently. I think you, yeah. as you get younger, when you're going to different ages, because FIBA is one of my favorite things to to scout in the world. Like I've, I've talked about, spending a year overseas coaching is because you want to learn the different type of mentality, the systems that a lot of these countries and teams have. And I love scouting FIBA because you could see like we're, you're just talking about Spain always is just like gorgeous sets. They run some plays and I was watching one of their games and they ran a sequence and I was like, Oh, that set was awesome. I was just (laughs) like, and it was a perfectly run. Like everyone did their job. It got a wide open, like two point, like little, sky hook from their big man i was just like oh that was beautiful but it's it's also awesome just to see how different each team is and 
it gets to a point where like it's it's a chess match and i know i'm gonna piss a lot of people off but like i will always watch fiba i high school tape will make me pull my hair out and maybe poke my eyes i'll watch it but you know there will be some groans some old man groans from me but um i really do think you have to learn a lot about yourself as a scouter as an evaluator when you go to these different levels because you you have to watch the game differently you're you're if you're scouting a 15 year old like you're scouting a guy that's you know a freshman or sophomore in college you're going to be disappointed like you have to be a little bit more patient a little bit more lenient so um it's awesome i mean we're yeah. trying to get better every off season too this is this is part of it this is part of the joy part of the journey so yeah and um, just, just last like a little philosophical question i have course. for you on this is do you care about the numbers at all in terms of efficiency or production, or do you just kind of glance at it, see if anyone popped in certain things and then just go from there? I think it's, um, you know, I'm not going to say I don't care because that's ridiculous. Like we always pay attention to numbers. Some guys put up some numbers that you're like, Oh my gosh. I think if guys put up numbers where you could tell they're impacting all over the place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I'm watching these games and I'm just, I could not care about the box score unless the guy just looks like he's just dominating. I'm like, Oh, I wonder what he finished right. with. But you know, there's some guys we're going to talk about that. You, you look at the numbers at the end and you're like, Oh, it wasn't that impressive. But it's like, these guys are going from being the guy on their high school team to all of a sudden playing with, you know, 15 guys. Like now they have to learn how to play together. Spain teams like that. They've been kind of grooming and playing together over the years. Like they, they're a little bit more familiar I'm not saying like the USA team isn't familiar with each other, but you know, now you're putting everyone on one team. They got to figure it out. And some guys numbers suffer. Some guys put up good numbers regardless. Um, I think you take note of it, but um, I I don't stress too much. What about you, Metcalf? Did you, were you box score chasing? Like, I know a lot of people do it and Mm -hmm. we're guilty. I do it too. But are, or are you watching the film and being like, okay, who, who is standing out to me right now compared to, putting up unbelievable numbers yeah and I, I always check the box scores like before each of these games just to mm-hmm. get a sense of okay did anyone dominate in this was it kind of spread around did anyone just have a real stinker and then you know if they did just why just like what caused that is it because his shooting mechanics are really that awful and he has like no touch and the shots all over the place or did he just shoot poorly did he just have one of those games and was he still trying and kind of producing in different areas so it's I, I don't like you said to say I don't care about the numbers is a bit much, but I kind of don't really care about the numbers. And I'm just more intrigued at this age. How are they playing? How are they finding ways to contribute? Um, are they chucking every time they get the ball or are they occasionally making um, the extra pass or, you know, faking and going or, you know, just what are they doing? Where's the effort? Um, what does their defense look like? And, you know, one guy who really struggled uh, based on the numbers. And I think, um, you know, some of that could be chalked up to playing in somewhat of a different role was DJ Wagner, who is currently the number one recruit, uh, according to ESPN in the class of 2023. Um, He hasn't committed yet, but is heavily linked to Louisville and Kentucky. So Wagner really struggled uh, from a scoring and scoring efficiency standpoint. But what were your takeaways with Wagner? You know, it, it's really interesting because obviously you 
we pay attention to like kind of the the word or the buzz about like how people were thinking about it and there was some mixed reviews for dj and um this is where it, it you got to be careful because we're talking about you know box score chasing and stuff and and i'm the same way as you as you just put it like i will check a box score before a game because i want to see mm-hmm. if the box score and the film match up because i've watched games where guys have 25 and i'm like man, i watched the game and i'm like he had 25 like it just doesn't look that way and then i've also watched games where you know you might see a guy go three for ten from the field and have you know eight six and seven and i'm like oh my gosh he was awesome and and it's just sometimes you got to be careful of the box score telling not telling the story dj will you'll look at his stats um, he, in the tournament average, nine points a game, three rebounds, 2.9 assists, 1.7 steals in 19 minutes, shooting splits, 39, 19, 87. You're probably like, that's the number one guy in the country yeah. for the recruiting class. I think watching his game, th- there's going to be guys that struggle to adjust to the, the play overseas. It happens a lot. It happens a lot more often than people realize and it's just because like watching him, the game that stood out to me the most was watching him against Spain because you could see he's quick. Like you could yeah. see obviously like the talent really pops and everything, but I'm, I'm watching that game. He has a couple sequences where I'm like, Oh, that was tough. That was nice. A couple of sequences of like really forcing it and struggling to get by guys. And then he has this sequence where like the game's getting chippy, like USA's down. They're trying to crawl back. The yeah. game's getting chippy. And he starts, like, he's frustrated that he can't get his offense going, so he starts over-competing defensively, which I love, but then he has a couple stupid fouls, and you could just see he's, like, screaming at himself. And I'm like, this is this is where the 15 and 16 and 17-year-old comes into play, where you got to remember, like, they're still developing, they're still maturing, and then he'll make, like, two great plays, really dumb play. And I was just like, he's all over the place. Yeah. But when I saw the flashes, I was like, yeah, this kid could play. He's, he's got the tools. But I thought just just the guy that was in his own head of trying to make too much happen, and he was frustrated that he wasn't making more happen. And I think those guys, it's almost good to have this struggle because it's like you're still young. Now regroup. Like process it. you got to get back to work. And um, I, I understand why everyone might be disappointed with or the mixed reviews. But I, I thought I saw plenty of good too. What about you, Metcalf? I actually came away really impressed. Um, yeah. And obviously the, I wish he would have shot better, whatever. Um, I thought his ball handling was really creative. His change of pace, his change of direction. Like we saw in those clips, his ability to kind of get to those floaters, uh, finish with either hand at like different angles at the rim, I thought was really impressive. Um, he had a decent amount of vertical pop in the open floor. Yes. Um, he had some, a couple transition dunks where I was like, Oh, okay. You got up a little quicker than I thought you were going to. Um, and then I thought he competed really hard on defense every game. Uh, yeah, there was some immaturity and with bad fouls and, like you said, over competing and overcompensating for the offensive struggles. But I'd rather have a guy do that than get frustrated and completely check out where it's like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, dude, yeah, I get that you're not hitting your shots, but where did the defense go? Like you, right. you still got to play on that end. And that was never really an issue with him. Um, he, it, he really felt to me like a guy who had never really played as the second 
secondary ball handler. And this was his first big experience at doing that. And he was struggling to get in a rhythm. Um, there were a lot of times, kind of like you mentioned, where he would pound the air out of the ball. And it's like, oh, okay, you haven't gotten the ball in a couple of possessions and you're trying to find your own. You're struggling shooting. You're trying to force yourself into a rhythm, force yourself into getting some easy buckets and they're just not coming. So I mean, the the inefficiencies, the inconsistencies, you don't love to see it, but it, it was more so, for me at least, I interpreted it as a guy who's playing in a different role and still competing and contributing in pretty much every other facet of the game. Yeah, I, I think it was, in a weird way, I loved watching it. Like, I, yeah. everything I saw, like, people will watch me like, oh, man, he didn't look good. The numbers look terrible. And I was like, no, this is really important. This is what you're watching. This is why we're watching a U17 FIBA is because it's like, okay, this is the number one recruit in the country, mm-hmm. according to ESPN. And he struggled. And it's like, I still saw a ton of stuff I loved. Like I, I loved that he was just so like, I'm going to make an impact defensively because I can't get it going offensively. I'm, I'm pissed off at myself. I got to help out my team. I'd rather have a guy have that problem than have a problem of like, he's not playing hard. Like you want to calm him down. You don't want to have him have to come up. Yeah. And he, he showed some touch with floaters. I thought he had some tough finishes, just like mm-hmm. really physical, tough finishes. Like, I was like, okay, that's impressive. And then I thought he did a good job creating. And and you want to see now you write that down, you make note of it. And how does he build off this? Like, does he get back and he's like, all right, I got to go to work. I got to improve my game. I got to keep working. I, I, I liked it. I think this is what you want to do when you're a scout. Right. You're like, okay, did I like this or am I nervous? I was like, no, I, I get it. Guy that just struggled. And it's exactly what you said, Metcalf. It's, it's now becoming like you're not just the guy. You got to learn how to play off the ball. You got to learn to get your shot or create when you don't have the ball in your hands. And some guys just struggle with that. Some guys thrive in FIBA and, and open some eyes. Yeah, well, someone who certainly opened a ton of eyes is Cooper Flagg, yes. um, who is just 15 and was one of the more dominant players in this entire tournament, which is incredible um he is currently number three on espn's uh or he's the third recruit for espn in the class of 2025 um what were your takeaways with flag so i've talked to you about this before i've talked on the no ceilings pod a lot about this when everyone's buzzing about someone i don't want to buy it because i'm always like let me make my own damn opinion i don't need to have everyone telling me what to believe in I watched the first game I watched of flag was against Spain. Um, I kept waiting. I was like, okay, he looks solid, blah, blah, blah. Then he has this, uh, this play you see right here on tape. <laughs> everyone watching on YouTube. He basically just like manhandles the point guard at half court, rips the ball away, throws it up for an assist. And I was like, okay, he got my attention, Cooper. Then he starts having some of these blocks, some of these like playmaking flashes I watched this game against Serbia and I was like, my goodness, this dude. And then <laughs> he's impressing me. And he, and I was like, man, this, this kid's nice. And then I just have to keep reminding myself like Rucker, he's 15 years old. Yeah. And you, me and you were texting about him and, and you, you sent me a text and I was like, whoa, Metcalf. And then I watched and I was like, okay, you're not crazy. Um, because it's just the, he plays like he's 20. 
Like it just some of the reads, some of yeah. the defensive rotations, some of the claps, the awareness, some of the passes he made. I was like, this is not a 15 year old. Like show me a damn birth certificate. This is literally the I am 12. But um, I, I, I just, I was like, oh my gosh. And the funniest was I checked the ESPN rankings and I was like, third <laughs> like he's third like why is he third? i was like shout out carlos boozer his his kids uh first but i was like cooper flag's third boozer's <laughs> kid must be putting up 50 and 30 in high school if it, it, but you know i just love the the patience the feel for the game that he had um you know he's six eight and he's 15 and he just plays like a a poised veteran out there. I thought he just played the game really mature and under control. What about you? Yeah. And I I think that point about how mature he played it is important because I, at the same time, I had to keep reminding myself, he's just 15, but he doesn't play like a 15 year old. He's playing like, you know, one of these 17 or 18 year olds. And I was just, his defense was incredible. Um, Yeah. And he's 15 and they're throwing him at the, as the spearhead of their full court press and they're leaving him at the top of the arc to switch everything in the half court. And then he's dropping down on post-ups and cutters and blocking from the weak side. And um, there's a one clip where he was on the opposite wing and cut all the way across the court, picked off the uh, kickout pass, stole it, and then ran down and threw an alley-oop to his teammate in transition. It's like, what in the world are you doing? Like, this isn't normal. Um, So the fact that he just has that kind of court and spatial awareness at that high of a level already with that length, and he's already figuring out how to use his length um, to be so disruptive on defense, I I, I think that's really special at the that age um, and playing up two years against some of this competition, who's really impressive international competition. I I just couldn't help but being incredibly impressed. And then you just throw in his motor, which is incredibly high and shows up on his rebounding on both ends of the floor. Here's a menace on offense. He tracked down a ton of defensive rebounds. It's like, there's really very few things not to get incredibly excited about with him. His, I was falling in love with his game and I was just like, I was just like, okay, I'm so impressed. Like, woof. All right. I get it. And then he has a sequence. Um, I think it was against Serbia. I'm sorry if I'm wrong with this, but like he, he has a sequence where he like, sir, let's say the guy on the other team gets an offensive rebound and he's just, he's just battling. He like flags, like you're not getting the shot up. And he blocks like three shots in a row. Yeah. And like the fourth one goes out of bounds and he just lets out like a roar of like energy and passion. And I was like, this is a 15 year old saying I'm the best guy on this court. Like, and he did that number of times where it's like a big rejection, just a scream. I think he got teed up once where I was like classic FIBA refs, like yeah. Scott Foster, welcome overseas. Like I wanted him to pull off the mask, like Scooby-Doo and be like, <laughs> that's Scott Foster. Um, but he just, it didn't look like a 15 year old. And he was just playing like a, a hole and I was like I love this like talk your shit and yeah. and he was backing it up and he went on to average uh almost 9922 two, and 2 in 19 <laughs> minutes a 15 year old in a U17 with shooting splits of 42 42 72 I mean and and I liked the shot I thought the shot was really solid I thought just a lot of stuff um 
he brought it a little low on the three point shot. I thought, I don't know if you saw that, but I was also like, he's 15. Of course he's yeah. bringing it low. Like let's let his body fill out a little bit. It's like Rucker, you asshole. You're, you're scouting him as if he's like a first rounder next year. <laughs> but I love yeah, I, my, my bigger concern with the shot was that I, I thought it felt like a little like segmented up top. Like it's okay. Now we're at point A. Now we're at point B. Now we're at release. Um, and, but that kind of felt more like, okay, this is a kid who may have just added four inches to his wingspan yeah. in like the last like eight months and doesn't quite know how to use it fluidly yet. Um, but I thought like the touch on his shot was really good. And just, you know, so, some of the shots were way off, but overall I liked the touch. Uh, the confidence was kind of there. Um, opponents left him a good amount on the perimeter, but when they did and he didn't hesitate and just kind of got into his shot, it looked good. So I, I do think in the long run, once he kind of gets more comfortable with his body and fills out a little bit more and just get gets used to those, you know, tree limbs um, I, I do think that that will smooth out and, and be, I, I would be surprised if, you know, 10 years from now, if he's just not at least an average shooter. Yeah. I mean, he's six, eight, 15. What if he ends up six eleven? I mean, right. it's just like, this is why you start scouting guys. Cause you're like, all right, look at what he's doing at 15 when he's six, eight. And then you make note of this. And all of a sudden you look down next year and you're like grew an inch and a half. And all of a sudden he's, uh, He's doing a lot more with the ball. I mean, he made some passes where I was just like, whew, okay. Like, I mean, talking, he's on the wing with his back to the ball, looking up and just throwing bullets to backdoor cuts, like left and right. And I was just like, my goodness. All right. So, um, yeah, I didn't mean this to be the Cooper flag hour, but if you haven't watched him, I know we're talking about a 15-year-old, but my goodness, you're going to be – drooling over him for the next couple of years if you're a potential college you're like please can we offer you a full full ride right now in a heavy bag i did not uh, say that i did not (laughs) hey hey that's legal now hey hey legal because that's never happened before uh but but uh, (laughs) another guy that you know these college programs are going to be drooling over is ron holland who is the number four recruit for espn in the 2023 class um still uncommitted I, I'm curious what your thoughts on Holland were. I really, I really liked him a lot. Um, here's my thing with with Holland, and I hope I'm wrong. I really liked his game a ton. Um, I don't know if he's like a superstar upside, but I think he's the guy every NBA team is going to drool over because he's the. I, I wrote it down. I was like, uh, he's the glue guy for USA, versatility on both sides of the floor. I said, he just seems to constantly make a play when they needed a play. Like every single game I watched, I was like, he's just making a play. They needed a play. He was he was showing up. Um, thought he battled. I thought he was tough. Um, I think he, one of those guys that got a really high floor. Because I, I just, yeah. I think he's going to, he's just going to be a damn good basketball player. And I'm not, I, I could be wrong and he could be a multi-time all-star when, when it's said and done, but I just was watching him and I was like, that's the guy every team needs. Like that's, I loved how he was a cutter. He was, he can make shots from outside. Um, And I just thought he was tough. Like he was not afraid of the moment. And, you know, obviously he was thrown down a couple of posters, but he averaged 11, 
almost 11, seven and two, um, 53, 42, 58 shooting splits. But like he's six, seven, um, reportedly has a six, ten and a half wingspan. He's not going to wow anyone with his, yeah. you know, frame. I just thought he's a heck of a basketball player. I just was like, this, this guy's going to be a, a really good piece. Um, moving forward. What about you, Metcalf? I, it might, I I hate throwing Draymond around, but I was just saying like the Draymond. Um, I know even Gavoni wrote like Scotty Barnes impact wise, and I was like, yeah, I get that. I just hate that that's we're always going to be using those guys now. But it it was it was his impact on this USA team. Like I was like, he needs to be on the floor. Like him and Cooper Flack were like, put him on the floor. You need him. Like you need to come back. Ron Holland's making plays. Yeah, and I, I, I got some like Harrison Barnes vibes from mm. him. Um and Yeah. You know, it would just like when I first started watching like the US game, I was like, like, okay, God, Holland hasn't done anything. Like what yes. like what am I missing? And then I just spend the next, you know, five possessions just like solely cued in on him. And it's like, oh my God, he just understands this game at such a higher level than yes. most of these other guys on I both ends the of the floor. Same, same exact thing. I swear. And I know we, everyone listening, like we said, me and Mick have text, texted. I didn't talk to you about Holland at all, and I did the same thing. I was like, man, everyone was hyping this dude up. Like, what, where is he? And then I just started watching just him, and I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> you, you get it, you understand it. Like, yeah. so thank you. Yeah, no, I on offense, the ball never stuck with him. Uh, I thought the shot from outside, a little low of a release, but um, I mean, it was smooth. The touch was really good on it. He was confident in it. So I think he's going to be a plus shooter in the long run. Uh, good athlete, uh, really good rebounder. And then defensively, like that's where like the whole not noticing him thing came in. And I mean that in, as such a compliment because way too often – just these high effort guys get it gets conflated with good defense. It's like, mm, no, it's usually really bad defense. And yes. it looks impressive because they're scrambling to recover from just fucking up or being out of position or, you know, gambling and missing. And that was never the case with Holland. He was switching on guards. He was making timely rotations and you just never noticed him in the best way because he was just always in position doing the right thing. And in the long run, I, I, kind of agree with you that I don't really see like superstar there because there wasn't really any on ball creation. I thought he was a good passer, but like the ball handling was kind of bleh for me. Um, that that's the scientific term for it, by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah. But well, yeah, we'll put but, that but just glossary. like a really good starter, you know, for, in, for like 10 years. And the problem is, is we're saying that and everyone's going to think that's a negative thing. And I think you have to get one of those to get to the next level yeah. if you're an NBA team. Like you have like I love Scotty Barnes more than anyone. And Scotty's special because his frame, his measurables are freakish and all the tools. I don't know if Ron Holland's ever gonna get to that, but like he might be a guy that plays 15 years at the NBA level and it's just you have to have him. Like I hate using like Draymond and stuff, but you under- that's the type of I have this piece coming out tomorrow um, and I talk about it in there. So I'm not trying to spoil it too much, but I'm like, and where would people find that? Uh, at no ceilings It's free. I'm actually oh God, really free. pumped for everyone to read that tomorrow. Cause I, I pretty much was like bleeding through my fucking fingers writing it. Um, but I talk about every, every team that wants to become a champion needs to get a glue guy. 
you have to get a guy that does not need to score. He can make everything easier for everybody else. It, it can be on the offensive side of the ball. It can be defensively, just making plays, just showing up. And Ron Holland is, is that vibe to me. And I think those guys, we drool over superstars, but those guys are so damn important in the NBA. I mean, yeah. you look back at all the title teams, they all have them. Like, where is just one with Draymond? Um, you look back, I, I talked about the 08 Celtics. I'm not being biased, but I was like, James Posey was a glue guy on that team. He was really, really important because of his defensive ability. Didn't need to do a lot offensively, but he knew his role and understood it. Like every team has these Shane Battier with the Miami heat. Like, and that's where I'm saying like, Battier oh, might actually be a really good one. That's from saying Metcalf. Yeah. I worked hard on this fucking piece. Let me let me thrive here. No, I'm just kidding. You. I know exactly. <laughs> um, but that's what I'm saying. Like Holland gives me that vibes yeah. of just like really really important player. And I'm, I didn't mean to go on a rant, but now I'm fired up. And I'm I'm glad we're back talking about actual scouting. This is great. I'm having a great time. <laughs> Well, while, while Cooper Flagg and Ron Holland were super impressive, um, I, I think Jeremy Fears is another guy who is whose name should be right at the top of the list of guys who really had a coming out party. Uh, Fears is uh, currently committed to Michigan State and the 42nd ranked recruit on ESPN. Um, that after watching this tournament, that feels like an absurd rating for Fears. Uh, but but what were your takeaways? I actually, weirdly, if it's okay, I kind of want to hear what you thought first because um, I I had some weird weird thoughts about fears, but um, I switched completely, and I'll tell you why. But I want to hear. Well, you start off, Metcalf. Let me throw it right back at you. What did you like about him? Um, first off, I hit his speed was yeah. so impressive. His ability to go from like zero to a hundred, um, I thought was awesome. And then his ability to decelerate and play at slower speeds, I thought was really important too, especially at his size. He's not the biggest guy, but the way he kind of absorbs contact, finishes through contact, finishes at different angles and kind of controls his speed to um, adjust to that, I thought was so important. Um, defensively, I thought he was super opportunistic with jumping passing lanes. If guys were throwing lazy passes on the perimeter or not really paying attention, um, he was going to pick their pocket. And then as a passer, he wasn't super flashy, but as a connector, I really liked him. He always had his head up and finding those backdoor cutters along the baseline. Um, the shot worries me a little bit just because it's super slow. It's really like a set shot. So I don't think he's going to be much of a threat shooting off the dribble necessarily. But if he can speed it up, I think the foundation of his mechanics is pretty sound for long run development. So I watched the first game I watched of the whole thing was like, I was just so eager to watch Spain because I love watching Spain overseas. Um, so I was like, I'm watching Spain, USA. I was like, I don't care if I'm going backwards. I'm starting with the title game and I'm going backwards. And fears in the first, I think it was the first quarter. I was like, who's, and I didn't want to look up anyone. I had heard about Cooper flag, but I was like, I don't want to hear anyone. I just want to watch the game and, and write down who pops at me, who's sticking out. And I just kept watching fears in the first quarter. And I was like, who is this guy? That's just like, he was just so at first he was just all over the place, like erratic. I was like, mm-hmm. this dude needs to slow down. And, and I was like, man, he's careless with the ball. I think he had a couple turnovers in a row where it was just like aggressive drives, but turning it over. And I was like, calm down. Like these are young kids. And then he just hits a switch. And it, it, it and I was like, okay, like 
he's, he's calmed down. He's played with some poise. He's playing with composure now. And he, he's lightning quick with the ball in his hands. And I was so impressed with how quickly he's just like, all right, get it together. And it was just really, really impressive for a point guard. That's like that fast to just immediately like say, you got to slow down. Like, because some guys are just like, no, I got to play faster when you're young. But he was like, no, I got to, I got to get it together, get under control, you know, title game. And, um, I really liked, you know, he has some creativity in tight windows. Um, the playmaking, like you said, it didn't, it wasn't like the flashiest going to show up on sports center, but it was like, every time he made a good decision, I was like, okay, nice. Like, that's a good read. Just, you don't have to always be fancy to be a good decision maker, which is something everyone has to remember. You don't mm-hmm. have to be LaMelo. You can just make the damn extra pass and it's a great play. Um, and then I, I read after the game cause I was like, okay, I'm interested about fears. And then I read, he's going to Michigan state. And I was like, yes, it's like the most <laughs> Michigan state point guard ever. And I, ever. I, I hate it. So he's going to play three years there yeah. somehow. And then like go in the first round and I'll be like, I knew it. Hey, but, I hate it um, so much. I really like the tools. He just he's just got to play with some poise. But there's some some serious burst. I came away like okay, and that's why it's also important when you're watching these guys. Like we talked in the beginning, like you have to watch them differently. Because at the beginning, I was like ew, out of control, just wild, reckless. And then I was like nope, he quickly turned into a completely different point guard in that game. And I liked all the other flashes in the other games. All right, um, is there anyone else on this U.S. team um, that? you really want to mention um they were littered with you know top talent over the next couple of recruiting classes but um i i think those four guys that we really dove in on were definitely kind of the four biggest names and four kind of biggest performers but was there anyone else that kind of caught your eye i i yeah i gotta just talk about one real quick because i know we got a lot to talk about but uh i gotta talk about boogie yeah, i like boogie. i love boogie <laughs> um Boogie Fland, for everyone listening. Um, he's number 18 on ESPN's rankings for 2024. He turned 16 while he was there. He played limited minutes. But, whoa, when I started watching his games, I was like, all right, Boogie, I'm I'm in. I was like, I'm, I'm going to be watching. I literally was just like circling that name. I was like, yes, I'm going to keep a close eye on you. He's weird, Metcalf, because... Every time he shot, I was convinced it was going in. Yeah. Because I was just like, ben, he just has that look of like, thought, I'm a bucket He thought guy. so too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's special. That, that's like unique with a guy like that. That's so young. Like it's like Lou Williams in his prime. Like guys like that, you're just like, they know, they think every shot's going yeah. in. And I'm not saying players don't, but you could just tell like the, the confidence he had in every look. Um, he's six, three looks like he's got a good frame to build on. He had a sequence against Molly that was transition steal, crossed over the first defender, between the legs, the second defender, and then just threw like a dump off. And I think it was to Holland or someone, and then it was just like a poster slam. But I was just like, like it was a it was yeah. a steal, like he was the last line of defense, came out of nowhere, snuck up behind the guy, and then just was gone. And I was like, this kid has some stuff. I was just like, I'm really intrigued. So um yeah, sorry, I had to mention Boogie. Did no, you love but, him as much as I did? Or Yeah, I, he was just so much fun. Just the confidence, the flair, um, it was just, it was perfect. It was exactly what you want from your New York point guards. Um, 
And then uh, just another guy who I thought looked solid. His minutes were super inconsistent, but uh, Carter Knox, uh, number 11, yes. uh, recruit in the 2024 class. Uh, Kevin's brother, correct? Correct. Yes. Um, I, I thought the shot looked good. I thought, you know, good athlete, frequently finished above the rim, good lob finisher. Um, so I, I, I think there's some real off-ball scoring juice there with him. Uh, his minutes were just kind of all over the place. Like the shot a lot. That that was one of those guys that I'm talking about when you're evaluating. Like I was like, good size, really pretty shot. Like keep note, and you're like, all right, can everything else fall into place? Um, I'm sorry if I butcher some of these names. Koa Pete. Yep. I, they, they, some they, flashes they, where I was like, nice oh, flashes. yeah, I was like, please let everything else fall into place because some of these flashes are unbelievable. But I was like, you. Your athleticism is not going to be challenged, but you you need to uh, have everything else fall into place. Because I was like, I understand why you're he's number two on ESPN's 2025. Um, that's ahead of Cooper Flag, which I was still like, <laughs> we might need to revisit those. Um, anybody else? Did you like? Um, last one for me was Sean Stewart, number seven yeah. uh, in the 2023 class, committed to Duke. Freak athlete, like that yeah. dude can leap. And and he had some monster blocks and rebounds and dunks. Uh, but then he would go through long stretches where I just kind of forgot he was on the floor. Um, hit, similar to Knox, his minutes were kind of all over the place. So I think that played a factor into it. And he just, he never looked at the rim when he wasn't within five feet. Um, so not a shooter, awesome athlete, kind of tough to get too much of a gate too much or gauge on too much else with him uh just because of kind of how erratic his minutes were he was tough and then i was like you gotta you gotta get something else in that game that's holding you back because i yeah i thought the same thing i would he would kind of not make an impact and all of a sudden he just have this humongous block or like dunk and you're like whoa and then <laughs> he was tough he was a bully but i was also like he, those guys are tough because they're really damn good but fiba you gotta have a lot of versatility to keep up with those other teams, but he, he was nice. There was a lot of plays where I was like, man, this is a good play. That was a nice play, but, it, um, going to a good place, you know, Duke, Duke's pretty good with turning out guys. Yeah. Um, well that, that kind of rounds out the U S team. Yeah. Um, let's get international Metcalf to give the people what they want. We got to talk about Spain, who I think was my favorite watch of this entire tournament. I adored how they played, um, just fluid, confident, decisive, versatility all over the floor um there were there was good talent throughout the roster but i think hugo hugo gonzalez uh adai mara and lucas langarito were their three biggest performers um at least for me so with this spain team where do you want to start let's talk about hugo because i can barely hold it in anymore i loved hugo i mean this dude was just like that was so that was the play you just showed. Literally it was two to two. And uh I remember I watched that and I think I literally texted you and I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I I'm already in love with Hugo. Like he, he just played the game with poise. I loved how he was aggressive, he was fearless, he was confident. Um, and then all of a sudden he had a couple of plays where that's his athleticism just was like, Oh shit, this dude's trying these dunks this fast break dunk i was like where did that come from and um i just really i was really really intrigued with his game obviously like 
Spain and, and a lot of guys overseas, they have a lot of really fascinating. This was my favorite one um, <laughs> for everyone listening that can't see it. I literally wrote this sequence down. So that sequence was defensive rebound throws a gorgeous pass bounce pass up in transition. The point guard goes up for a contested layup air balls it. Hugo comes flying out of nowhere. He catches the ball in midair, throws down an oop. And then my favorite part was the next possession Spain gets a stop, defensive rebound. Hugo's literally the last person, like, lying, you know, on the court. He's closest to the opposing baseline. They throw the ball up. Guy's shooting a three in the corner, and you see this guy just fly from off the screen, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Hugo. And he looked like he was just trying to throw down, like, the biggest tomahawk, but he ends up missing it, steps out of bounds, and then he just was, like, frustrated. But that stuff pops. Cause that's just giving a shit. That's just high yeah. effort guys. And you know, he had the rest of the game besides that. And uh, one of my favorite sequences was he had an and one and just walked towards his bench and just started screaming at the top of his lungs. Like he's a madman, and, and, and he has the game to, to back it up. But uh, yeah, I, I told you guys, I was barely holding it in. What about you Metcalf hit me with it? He was just so much fun. Um, just the the constant effort, the athleticism was incredible, uh, and it's all it's all really functional stuff. Where there's really impressive vertical pop, but then there's really controlled and like balanced lateral movements with euro steps and avoiding contact, getting to the rim. Um, I wanted him to just be a little more consistent with his at rim finishing. Um, yes. But again, you know, it's like, okay, he's 16. He's a 2005 birthday. Uh, I believe he's 17 in December. Um, but he, it was just awesome. He was just so much fun. Um, he just, he, I, like I said, all of the athleticism was functional. He was constantly using it in a variety of ways. And then just, he really fit in with that Spain team because of the the way that he knew where everyone was on the floor and the way that he constantly moved the ball. He was another one of these guys where he was making quick decisions every time he touched the ball. And it was almost always the right decision. Um, the shot was a little inconsistent, yep. but the base of it, the foundation of it, I think is really good. And if he continues to just kind of get that more consistent, like most teenagers tend to do, um, then that becomes a real weapon and that just opens up so many doors for him because of, like we saw in those clips, he's already so comfortable with the shot fake and drive. And then he can score. He can not, you know, stop on a dime and pull up in the mid range. He can dump off. He can kick out to teammates. So he, it was just a really impressive all around game. He just has some, some veteran swagger to his game of like, okay, hit this three next time. I'm going to pump fake you, make you collapse, dump off to the big man. Like he just, like you said, he knows exactly what he wants to do with the ball. He knows exactly how to make everyone kind of react to him. I love how aggressive he is. Um, I feel like I watched a game too, where he tried to dunk on someone, someone kind of rejected him and they called a foul, but I, yeah. I think he was like kind of shocked of like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> I didn't know you could jump like that, but he, <laughs> he was just so aggressive. And um, he was one of, of all the teams I watched. I was like, that's, that's one of the name top names I'm keeping an eye on, especially with the international prospects. I love them. He, he's the shot definitely needs to come around a little bit more consistent, a little, yep. little bit quicker, but um if he could do that and finish everything else was so impressive for someone that went up that age. I was like, okay, he's, 
checking a ton of boxes, but um, yeah, love them. Uh, let's get away from them before I talk too much. <laughs> All right. Uh, Langarita or Mara? Who, who, who do you want? Talk to me about Langarita. You, you were, you're high on him, Metcalf. You're, you're being cautious. I have a feeling you might have a little bit of a crush on, on Lucas. I love this kid. Yeah. <laughs> See, I told you I, I can read you. Love this kid, uh, just nasty shooter. And then I think he's on like the same level of athlete as Hugo. Um, I, I think he's really impressive straight line speed. And then he is dunking on guys consistently. He's finishing above the rim. Uh, solid passer. Um, and he just blows by. Who was that? Uh, I couldn't see the name, but someone on France there. And just I thought his shot was already well way more developed than where hugo's is at um i don't i think the defense was a little more inconsistent than hugo's but still really solid with his positioning and his work rate and all of that so i this is a kid who i was just really impressed with his constant movement on and off ball i thought his ball handling and kind of creation and the mid-range and ability to get to the rim was really impressive um i i just i love the way this kid played it was funny because watching him, um, Hugo's number 16, Lucas is number 12. And I swear every time I looked up and someone was throwing down a dunk, I was like, oh, is that Hugo? And then I was like, oh, it's damn Lingarita again. Like, <laughs> but he's he's nasty. And and I, I just I wrote down like really good feel. I love the way he plays. I was like sneaky athleticism. He really gets nasty. I like a lot of the tools with his game. And then I even wrote down classic Spanish player with good feel and tools and you start to fall in love. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, the more I kept watching him, the more I was like, he's just nasty and he's a competitor. And I, I love the aggressiveness and I thought the shot was solid, rock solid from outside. And, um, but I knew it, I could tell, I was like, Metcalf's in love with this guy. I get it. You know, not to be weird. He's in love with him as a prospect. (laughs) Phrasing. Um, yeah. And just, the, the confidence and it, the biggest thing for me was um, just how much the athleticism popped with him yeah. and the way that he used it to kind of get into his shots in the mid range and get to the rim. Um, it, it was something that I really wasn't expecting from him because when you first look at him, you're like, eh, no, okay. He's probably a shooter. Um, but then, you know, he finds a lane, he bursts into it. It's like, Oh sh- shit. He just blew past that guy. And then you see him dunk it on the, uh, you know, rotating weak side defender. It's like, Oh, where did that come from? And it's just, it's just really impressive all around game that I wasn't expecting from him. I think he might be one of these guys where he could be kind of reliant on, you know, another couple inch growth spurt in the next couple of yeah. years. And if that doesn't come, then, yikes then you know maybe he's just a really good spanish league player which you know nothing wrong with by any means but i don't know it'll be really interesting to see how his kind of game develops over the next year or two oh gosh if he grows a couple inches i'm gonna be like oh boy here we go because i mean he he plays that way he plays the game with all the tools but you know, if he doesn't, you might be looking at a guy that you're like, okay, I guess he's just going to be a superstar in the EuroLeague for 15 years. But um, I really, really like this game. You saw a couple of those plays, like defensively, like dude is just a demon. Like he is going to play until 
the whistle. Like he just plays his butt off. So I, I really, really liked him. He kept impressing for sure. I just knew that you were going to be in love with them. I knew it. <laughs> All right. Well, the the other guy on Spain who drew a lot of attention was Adaimara. Uh, I think he's seven two center, um, two thousand five birthday, seventeen years old. Uh, talk to me about Mara. I loved him, um, and I usually, I usually don't love guys like this, with like prospects like this, with this kind of skill set. For everyone listening, he's he's like Metcalf says, seven two seven three. Obviously, he's just bigger than everyone. He's yeah. kind of not heavy. I don't know if heavy footed or slow footed, because like he showed some good feet. It's just he's so damn big, and and you're you know that young, getting used to everything. But I thought his fundamentals and some of the stuff he showed was sensational. He had some passes where I was like, okay, big fella, like. Really good touch. Um, I thought the shot didn't look too bad. The thing is, with big guys that are this young, um, and and from like having experience with a guy like this overseas, that advanced with some of the skills at that young of an age, I was like, oh my goodness! Like that's where I'm like, because they usually click at really different times. So if he has all of that already, like kind of brewing, I mean, there's, there's some, some really intriguing stuff. Now he's got to, he's got to get quicker. Um, It's more of like a drop down big right now. Um, Like drop coverage, the mobility has got to eventually one day come around, but just that skilled um, with some of those foundational pieces to develop. I, I was very, very impressed. And I, he just kept making plays each game. I was like, dang, that was a nice play. Like, um, what about you, Metcalf? I feel like now you're going to tell me I'm crazy, but you're probably just still drinking some of that haterade when it comes to the bigs. No, I, I liked him. Um, I, I was hesitant right away. Uh, yeah. Cause I think the first game I saw, he only had a few minutes and didn't really make a ton of impact. And he had like a top of the arc three where he just clanked it in straight off the backboard. I'm like, Oh God, no. Is that his touch? Um, And then like his first, like four baskets were just him simply being four inches taller than anyone else on the court. But then you started seeing him operate from the elbow and some of his post footwork. And I thought he was the most creative passer in this entire uh, tournament, regardless yes. of position. Uh, the way he finds cutters is really impressive. The quick decision-making common theme with all these Spanish guys. Um, and the, the post footwork was incredible. I thought his touch um, in, you know, inside the lane and from kind of the mid range on jumpers was so much better than that clanked in three that he showed. Um, and then, and the defense, it's it's all about what he does at the rim. Um, yeah. If he gets dragged out to space, that's where I think things get kind of messy and kind of gross. And that's where the slow, heavy feet, high hips come into play. And he can't really move um, unless he's dropping to the rim and then using that length. Um, so I, I, I liked him. I didn't love him. I think he needs to get a little stronger, needs to figure out how to move in space a little better. But the basketball IQ, the the timing and ball location when protecting the rim was really impressive. Um, and then I, I just couldn't get over how impressive it was. The, his ability to 
pivot multiple times, keep that pivot foot down and take multiple steps with the other foot to extend, a, you know, that extra four or five, six inches to finish um, with like a reverse layup when he should have had no business doing so. Yeah, I, he just checked a lot of boxes because I'm like you, I went into that and right away I was like, oh gosh, just this tum like lumbering big man on Spain that's just going to be bigger than everyone. And then he started making some passes and showing some stuff that I was like, my goodness, all right, you got my attention. And then he just, one of those guys, the more I watched, the more I kept being like, yes, all right, I'm in. And, and he's he's on the right path. He's going to have to keep developing and, and like you said, get a little bit quicker. But I think there's definitely long-term upside for him to become a serious like NBA asset or NBA target. But um, you never know with these guys, they just need everything to kind of fall into place, but the passing, the feel, the fundamentals, a lot of stuff. I was like, okay, these are really good foundational pieces. He just needs to kind of let everything groom together. Who else you got? Or do you want to, you know, get a little weird with another country? Yeah. I, I think we got to move on to France. Um, Viva la France. So as we talk about France, um, I am going to apologize for my pronunciations off the top. Uh, these are going to be brutal. So yeah, apologies. No, no, no offense <laughs> intended. Um, but I, th- the guy that I think we have to start with is Zachary R- Risa share, uh, 2005 birthday, 17 years old, six, eight wing. I love this kid. The more mm-hmm. I watched, it was like, holy crap, this dude's got a lot to his game and it was kind of that similar effect um that i had with like ron holland where like at first it didn't really pop it wasn't like in your face you know impact but the more you watch it's like okay now you're really seeing the defensive footwork the defensive versatility the team defense where he's always hedging and recovering and closing out under control and then the outside shot looked really good the more once he started showing up, I was like addicted to it. I was literally like, okay, I need him to get the ball every time. I need him because he just kept showing some stuff. And I was like, boy, that size, that mobility moves well. I liked how he played. I thought he played with really good feel. I just thought he yeah. was always kind of like understanding of where he wanted to go and where the ball was supposed to go and did a great job of reacting just kind of waited and lulled the defense to, you know, give him an opening. And, um, you know, I, I just wrote like hard, hard not to get excited about the long-term potential and upside. Like it was just like smooth feel for the game. Um, I thought like he's, he's quick, but I was like, he just needs to get a little bit more like explosiveness and kind of the, yeah, if you want to say he just needs to learn to use the gears a little bit more. Like he he showed plenty where I was like that was really really dang impressive. Um, and I absolutely he was one of those guys. I was like, woo, you know, like when I was done watching all this film, I was like, okay, you know, thirty five on France. That's that's <laughs> the na- that's the number I'm remembering. And um, yeah, I really really liked him. You understand why people are buzzing about him? Um, it's just. I know. I, I I was just like, oh, this is an easy one. Like, I, I really like his game um, because he just kept making plays all over the court where it was the outside shot, it was defensively, it was moving off the ball or um, attacking the lane. I, I just I was like, damn, that's 
that is a prospect. I was just like, yes, all right. Because he averaged 10, 4, and 2 in 20 minutes, 56 and 37 shooting splits. I was just like, hey, absolutely pencil that one in as a long-term prospect. Yeah, it's, it's just that exact, like, kind of 3 and D archetype. So I kind of hate using that label so much. But that it's, type yeah. of player um, that I just fall head over heels for every time. The really high IQ team defenders um, who are always bailing their teammates out and then recovering to their own situation with perfect footwork. It's like, God, I, it's just perfect defense. And I just loved every second of it. Um, He's going to be a guy who I think is going to be up there with kind of Hugo as some of, you know, two of the next top international prospects um, in the upcoming, was that 2024 NBA draft or whenever they're eligible. Whatever it is. Okay. Everyone calm down. All right. (laughs) I I think they're going to be two of the top names and someone else who I think has the potential to be at the top of that list is Alexander Saar, uh, 2005 Mm -hmm. birthday, 17 years old, uh, seven foot center playing or, or he played this last season at overtime elite. He will be there again this season. What were your takeaways with Saar? I, I was impressed. Um, he doesn't move like a big. He moves yeah. like he's a athletic forward or, you know, one of those power forwards that could jump out of the gym. I kept seeing some tools. I kept seeing some flashes. I was like, I really, really like him. He's a little thin. Um, he's seven foot. He could jump out of the gym. He just kept popping. And I was like, okay, there's with him there was plenty of flashes i was just like okay are you trying to be a perimeter big or are you trying to eventually be a a downhill guy not trying to say this as an insult but it's like are you gonna have a kai jones kind of like you know what are you are you the athletic big or are you going to have the craft to kind of be let me feed you down low. Let me get you some touches. Cause he would step out and show some, some range. And I was like, okay, it's really nice. He had some defensive reads that I was very impressed by. Um, I just need him to get a bit more physical. Yeah. And, and it's just one of those things like the skinny leaper. Like I need you to all of a sudden become a bit of a bruiser. Like you need to be a, a tough screener. You need to not be afraid to take on contact. Because everything else was really damn impressive. Um, but I don't know. What about you? Um, he was one of these guys where the more I watched, the more I liked. Where yeah. at first it was like, yeah, you, I hate to throw the S word out there. But it was like, you, you feel a little soft. Yeah. And then yeah, I just kind of kept watching and watching. It's like admiring the footwork, the mobility, uh, the body control, the shot blocking. It's like, okay, there, there's a lot to work with here that can make you a really versatile player in the long run. So yes, you need to get stronger, but like some of those post moves we just saw where he's, you know, where he has his pivot foot glued to the floor and is sending defenders the other way. It's like, Oh, that that's special. Like that's like really good control and sense of self and balance. So I think that type of stuff is really promising um, for the long run. Um, you know, he is the younger brother to Olivier Sar, former Kentucky Wildcat and Wake Forest, I believe, before he transferred. Um, but I, he's just, like you said, he's a really fluid athlete, a uh, big time defensive playmaker. It 
felt like his defensive rotations and positioning um, has already taken a leap uh, since that OTE, um, you know, period or season ended. Um, He kind of blended in a lot when he was at OTE, at least for me. Um, And I felt like he kind of stood out a lot more during this tournament and kind of played to his strengths a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I liked a lot. But I think, and I'm not trying to sound like an old man here, but like he averaged 12 points a game. He averaged 3.9 rebounds as a seven foot yeah. big with athleticism. It's got to be higher. It's got to be higher. You got to be tough. You got to battle in there. Like they they had a guard we're going to talk about later lead the team in rebounding with 5.9 rebounds. He was fifth or sixth in rebounding. So, I mean, you just got to figure it out. Like, it's tough for those big guys that they can shoot a little bit and they can do some stuff on the perimeter, like off the bounce. They want to play on the perimeter. You got to figure it out. Are you going to be a perimeter guy or are you going to try to battle inside? Because teams eventually are going to want you to battle. You're seven foot and can jump out of the gym. You need to start using it. But I liked a lot. I just think you got to put some weight on, do a little tougher, plenty of good stuff. Um, Another player who I thought was uh, pretty intriguing was their point guard. Um, Ilan Pietru. Uh, yes, I'm so excited for some of these names you have to pronounce. I love this. <laughs> 2005 birthday, 17 years old. Um, you may recognize his uncle, uh, Orlando Magic legend, uh, Mikhail Pietru, or no, it's Pietrus, or, or, or Michael not... P- Pietrus. No, Metcalf is rattled like to, uh... because the announcers were saying that it was Pietru, I'm and I said going, no. I'm, I'm going off of the announcer's pronunciation. So if I butcher <laughs> it, bl- blame the FIBA announcers. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm going with Pietru. Um, what were your thoughts with him? Um, he's uh, explosive as shit. <laughs> I was Sometimes he took the ball, like he would go off the bounce, and I was like, holy crap. I was like, how are you supposed to stay in front of him? He was so damn fast sometimes. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, there's there's elite speed, and then there's just zero to 60 and that quick. And I was like, okay. I mean, he, he, he had some, some serious stuff with talking about like getting through traffic, just taking guys off the dribble, like hard, hard takes to the basket. Um, you know, it, it's the classic thing of, I feel like w- when you see a lot of young guys like this, especially international guys, but there's also a lot of these guys in the States, like you fall in love with their game and you're just like, if only the outside shot comes around, <laughs> if <laughs> only the outside shot, because he's nasty. I really, really liked, like I thought he had some creativity around the basket. Um, what about you? I feel like you were really high on some of these guards from France. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, he's when he attacked the rim, it was like, Yes, more. Give me yes. more because no one could stand in front of him. And he wasn't afraid of contact and he would finish through it. He had really good touch at the rim. Um, like you said, that first step was like, holy shit. And it, when he ran in transition, it's like, don't, don't, don't bother. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're going to be late getting in front of him. Um, it's all about the outside shot. And I hate saying that because it sounds so cliche and it sounds lazy, but it is. When, when it went in, it looked really good. But his arc and trajectory on it looked significantly different every time where there would be shots where, you know, the mechanics look really good. And then he airmails it like three feet over the rim. And it's like, what the 
fuck was that? And it's like the next shot he drains. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, how are you this all over the place on, you know, you're gauging the distance. Um, So that it's kind of worrying. But the at rim finishing stuff was awesome. I loved his defense. I thought his footwork and screen navigation was really impressive. That's where he used his quickness to just get around screens with ease and then immediately get back in front of the guy. Um, My only nitpick with his defense was that when guys drove, they kind of moved him pretty easily with just like a simple shoulder or just like stopping and he would kind of continue to fly by. Um, So he kind of would lose his balance on some of those a little too easily, but you know, that's just nitpicking a little too much but i it's like god if if that shot can get to anywhere near average it's like this you this could be a guy yeah i I mean i agreed with you about his defense i i wrote he has the tools to be a heck of a pest on both sides of the floor i was like yeah because offensively he's just a nightmare because he's so damn fast i mean you think it's the the sixth gear and all of a sudden he just turns on the afterburners you're like where the heck is this coming from so um and he's nasty getting downhill he's he's fearless so um there's a lot to like it's just give us a shot please (laughs) please give us the shot like because i really really liked him and yes his his uh uncle michael Beatrice. (laughs) you're ignorant american All right. Well, well, someone whose athleticism and shot I was super impressed with was Elaine Fibuel, uh, 2005 birthday, 17 years old. Um, I, he was like the French version of Langer- or Langerita for me. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I even wrote down one of those players that just keeps jumping off film. I felt like he did a lot of damage off the ball, but I was like... Yeah. In a weird way, I was like, can he get more touches, please? Can we somehow give him more touches? But you, you loved him so much. Talk to everyone about why you loved him. Because I, I, he looks really solid. So go ahead. Yeah, and I, I thought the athleticism was legit, like really good pop, mainly in the open court. Um, but then as the tournament kind of progressed, his shot seemed to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a nasty dunk here, just a little reverse windmill. Um, and he... It's it's like you said. He was just a really impressive off ball scorer, and the off the shot off the catch looked really consistent, really reliable. Um, he didn't hesitate with it, and then when he attacked the rim, I love how he didn't shy away from contact at all. He was frequently creating it. He was going into guys. He was forcing them to make a play, and then had the strength and vertical pop to easily absorb the contact and then finish through it. Um, defensively, like we've seen here, he's eager to jump passing lanes and get out and run and then finish with an awesome dunk. Uh, I thought his rotations were pretty sound. I just thought he was really disruptive on kind of both ends of the floor and showed a little more wiggle um, as a ball handler than I kind of anticipated. I I don't think he's one of these guys that's going to end up breaking guys down in isolation, but in transition, he can give guys a little shake and lose them. Um, And then attacking closeouts, he's got a little more, to his you know ability to attack than just straight line stuff he was funny because i felt like he just kept surprising me like i don't know why but every time he made a play i was like i was not expecting that athleticism or you know just like the shot you were like it shot solid and then all of a sudden you make a great defensive read and you're like it's not that he's not um it's not like that he doesn't have a high motor i just feel like he's just he knows when to pick his spots 
And, and like defensively, you just see him. He does a good job defensively. Then all of a sudden, he's just like off to the races, jumping a passing lane, and then throws down some of those dunks. And you're like, where did that come from? And, and but the shot was solid. It was really just one of those guys where I was like, man, I just wish he would get the ball more. Like, because you really, it's it's one of those classic guys where I feel like he's wide open and he gets the ball. And if you're rooting for the other team, you're like, why do we leave this guy open? Like, <laughs> if anyone, stop leaving him open. But, um, I really, really like this game. I, I feel like you even messaged you like, I love him. And I like was started watching. I was like, yeah, this guy, he can play. Um, I also don't want to say his name because I want to listen back and make sure that you pronounced it right. Cause I don't even want to attempt that one, but no, really, really liked him a lot. I, I, the more I watched the more I was like, okay, there's another name circle it. <laughs> and uh, I, I think so, someone who you really liked on oh, France yeah. was Noah Penda. Yes. Um, I'm going to need you to sell me on him because I was I, underwhelmed. I loved him. I uh, I just, this is a guy that I talked about earlier um, with Ron Holland. You need the glue guys. And I watched Noah Penda and I just, every time he was on the court, he just kept making some plays. And it was one of those guys that he didn't jump at me until I did the thing where I was like, I'm going to start watching him. And he's just a bully. Like he is just a schoolyard bully. Um, throws his body. He's six, seven. He, he's a little doughy. He needs the kind of, you know, build some muscle. He needs to get a little quicker, but he works his butt off. Um, he averaged seven, four, two, and two in 18 minutes. Um, but I, it, it's one of those guys where he just kept, he kept jumping out to me without the ball. Like he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure a way to help out. I thought he would just throw his body into people for offensive rebounds. He would go to work there. I, I just kind of liked this game. I thought he, I said, I, he's giving me Jeremy Sohan vibes just with kind of like, he made some great reads, some, some playmaking upside. He understood his his weaknesses, if you want to put it that way, mm-hmm. and he understood like how to use fundamentals. Like he had a couple ball fakes where I was like, "That's just using, you know, your intelligence." It's, I love the fundamental vibes. He's gonna need some stuff to come around to become a serious NBA prospect. But I really, really liked um, a lot of stuff that he does on the court. He might never play in the NBA, but I just thought this is a guy that all of a sudden could turn into an outside shooter. Like he's got a lot of stuff that NBA teams are are hunting. I I kept getting Grant Williams vibes from him, but Grant Williams before he all of a sudden found the fountain of youth when it comes to an outside shot and went nuclear last year. But um, I just liked him. I thought he was nasty. I thought he was played the right way. He's just like, eh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you up inside, but you didn't like him at all, and well, now I'm gonna cry <laughs> for an hour. Now I'm gonna cry. I, I wouldn't for an say hour. not at all. Um, I, I really liked his first step. Actually, um, there there were a handful of plays where he would like face up at the elbow and then just one step pass the guy in for like a scoop layup. Um, little inconsistent finishing on those. I'd like to see that be better. Um, again, he's 17, so shocker. Yeah. Um. Then I, I kind of liked the touch on the outside shot, but it was really, really slow. It's like, long. He it's had to very be long. wide yes. open. Yes. And it's like, all right, you got to speed that up like tenfold here. Yes. Um, for that to be an actual thing. Uh, but hey, 
if he does over the next two years, who knows? So I, I definitely think there are tools. I think there's a high un, high level of understanding of the game. Um, it's just where are those leaps for him in these next couple of years going to be and how extreme are they going to be? His his vision is something that, like, he would get a defensive rebound and know exactly where the ball is supposed to go up the court. And I was just like, the, the, the timing he had of, like, it was just, like, rebound, turn, and throwing it, like, sure. full length on the money. And I was like, he's done this, like, 10 times. Like, I just, I like, he needs a lot of stuff. Like, he's active defensively, but he's, he's a little slow sometimes, but he's got active feet, active hands. He works yeah. his butt off. He's just got to get a little quicker. The shot is very slow loading. It's, I don't hate the form. I just yeah. hate how long it takes. Right. Cause like once he gets it up, it, it looks great. Yeah. He's just gotta be quicker. Right. But um, no, I just really liked him. It was just one of those guys that I was like, I'm, I'm a fan of the, the sleeper appeal. Like I was like, this is a guy that I really, really like, but sure. Um, whatever Metcalf. Now we can move on. <laughs> Thanks. No, I, I, I think there's some promise. And, and I, I did, <laughs> I, I have seen other people mention how much they like him. So I, I, I am in the minority smart. there. Um, all right. So whether on France or any other team, are there any other kind of honorable mentions or names that kind of, you were like, huh, interesting. Yeah. I'm going to make fun of myself right now. Here we go. You ready? Uh, own yet. Oh, no, I can't even oh, do it. God, Sir- I'm sorry. <laughs> Stankovic on uh, Serbia. <laughs> bailed on it yeah I can't <laughs> come on give us a name. first name it, is it a is it gonna be a soft j i don't know see guys i'm going off just the reading ogden ogden stankovic there we go was i right i have no 50%? idea did i pass no, the sure um, confidence and you're good no i can't do that but hey you know i love serbia um one of my favorite places to visit true story um I really liked him, Metcalf. I was shocked. You you texted me and you're like, no one jumped at me on Serbia. And I was like, hold the phone. What about my boy Stankovic? I really liked his game. I thought he had, uh, I wrote sort of a quote, old man at the YMCA that's dominating type of game. Okay. Um, he's 6'6". Six, six. He averaged 11, 5, and 6 with 2.6 steals in 25 minutes. Um I just kind of liked how he played the game. I thought he made everyone come down to his level, um, play a little bit physical, good hesitations. He did a great job of of getting ball fakes and stuff to create windows. I thought he was fantastic with uh, – he would drive in traffic and be smothered, and his head was always on a swivel, just trying mm-hmm. to find teammates and stuff. And I, I just really, really was intrigued with his game. And then, like – getting told he's six, six. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm intrigued. And, and I, I liked his outside shot. I didn't think it was too bad. So, um, just one of those that I was like, Hey, I always like watching Serbia and he kept jumping off the tape on me, but what else do you got? Do you have anyone? On our um, there's a guy on Canada. Osizoye Okoye. Um, oh gosh. Who... I, I'm impressed if you got that right. Um, I, I'm, I'm going with the soft J's there. Um, yeah. they might be hard or, Hard J's, but apologies if if so. Um, I thought I don't he was mean kinda... any disrespect, by the way, but <laughs> right, for these just... kids that I, it's not like I'm trying to be mean to them. I just think it's funnier to get it wrong. <laughs> um, I, I thought he was kind of an interesting oddball creator and scorer. Um, you know, I I think he would have to go through a pretty serious growth spurt to 
even you know kind of sniff the nba but he he could be a potential like d1 college guy um in a year or two i like both of the bigs on molly but yeah just super raw yeah but um diallo and uh oh boy call it bali cool oh man i was gonna guess that um i liked them a lot it was just they were funny because one was big like diallo i was very intrigued with because he's big he averaged 13 and 12 with three assists he's just kind of lumbering um but had a really impressive frame i think he's he was recently listed at 610 in the u16s last year um a lot of damage around the basket um good patience but I liked the tools. He wasn't explosive vertically, like very explosive, but he had good timing. And then the other big, uh, give me that one more time, Metcalf, because you said it very well. Koulibaly. Koulibaly. Um, He was like the opposite, where it was like very explosive, skinny, quick leaper. Um, Both of them have very long loading shots that are kind of like watching – Michael Myers come out of the closet. Um, but there was some really, really interesting tools. I was like, okay, super raw, but really like them. Like they, they ones to keep an eye on, but uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got. You got anyone else? Um, let last one, just real quick. Uh, here's a French guard. Um, Vive la France. Elijah Gabriel Lamar, uh, 16 years old. Uh, I thought he was one of the more impressive perimeter defenders and he was picking up guys, moving his feet perfectly. Some really interesting passing flashes and playmaking uh, can't shoot at all. Um, so a, a lot of Frank Nokina vibes. Um, How do you really feel about his shot? No, it I'm was, kidding. it was tough. Um, but I really liked everything else. I thought it was really interesting. He didn't get a ton of minutes. Um, I think he just kind of came in late in a couple of games. So it may have just been small sample size. Who knows? Uh, but just, Last name I kind of wanted to throw out there, but Rucker, this was different. This was fun. Um, yeah, it was you. nice. This was no, this I mean, was I'm, a good time. I'm glad we did it. I uh, feel like me and you were studying for a little bit on this. Like we were like, all right, let's let's do this. Let's get back into some scouting stuff. I've never gone this crazy um, with with scouting so young seriously, but yeah. because you know, no ceilings. This is what we're trying to do, and. Um, my goal is to hopefully get to a point where after summer league, I'm getting on a plane to go watch the FIBA ones live in person, but you know, we'll get there one day, but uh, it's really exciting to get a kind of feel already for some of these younger guys. And I got to do something to kind of fill the void until I'm watching all these 23 prospects already. So I'm, I'm getting excited. I'm counting down the days, but thank you Metcalf for doing this. Uh, you know, this is always fun. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be kind of talking about scouting again. This is great. Yeah, it was just kind of getting back in the swing of things. Um, just trying to make sure we don't we don't lose our fastball here. Yeah. But R- Rucker, uh, thank you for your time. Please tell the people where they can find you, where they can support you. You don't have to say thank you for your time. I'm always here for you. Come on, man. This is what we do. Um, I'm at no ceilings nba.com. I'm also on Twitter at Tyler underscore Rucker. Tomorrow morning. On Wednesday, the 3rd, I'm releasing a monster of a piece Um, for headaches. Take Tylenol. Um, Be patient. It's a lot. 
it's over 5,000 words. I'm sorry. Got a little carried away with it. I kind of just ran with the madness, but it's on uh, Sam Presti and how the thunder have gotten to this point. The madness of Sam Presti. It's called the art of Presti. So yeah, please check that out. Um, If you hate it, DM me. Let's fight. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, But I'm excited for everyone to read it. Metcalf, as always, this is a pleasure. I'm excited to uh, pick it up a little bit moving forward. But, you know, we need some downtime. (laughs) (laughs) I love how I was like, oh, offseason, I'm going to regroup. And now here I am scouting uh, U17 tournaments and talking with you for an hour and a half on it. It's great. It's great. I love it. Some may call it a problem. Other, others call it a hobby. So, yes. you know, but <laughs> once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at team Metcalf one, one. You can find all of our no ceilings merchandise at no ceilings, nba.bigcartel.com. And you can find all of our written work, including Rucker's awesome Sam Presti piece. that's going up on the third um, over at no ceilings, nba.com. It's a hundred percent free. Just click that subscribe button while you're there to ensure that you never miss a piece. You can follow us on Twitter at no ceilings, NBA and on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.